Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. Why should we choose wisdom? Why should you choose wisdom? Why should we value wisdom? Why should we be wise? Why be wise? Why not throw caution to the wind and just do what we feel like doing in the moment? A lot of people live by that model to just throw caution in the wind. Maybe not all the time, but at least some of the time. They just have a a moment where they go like, I'm just not going to care about anything. And that's where a lot of regrets come from. But... Why don't we live like that? A popular model that gained popularity a few years ago was YOLO. Everybody remember YOLO? For those of you who are not familiar with the term, it means you only live once. YOLO. And at the beginning, YOLO was meant to be a challenge, something inspirational. A challenge to say, hey, don't be afraid. Seize life. Do it, right? YOLO, you only live once, you know, do that exciting, have that exciting experience, enjoy life to the fullest, it's it's a variation, it was supposed to be a variation of the carpe diem, right, remember uh, that poet society, my captain, oh my captain, captain, my captain, no, I'm probably messing this up, carpe diem, seize the day, that's not a bad uh, sentiment, but YOLO quickly, quickly became something uh, uh, that, that just kind of like went downhill. It morphed into this weird excuse for every dumb idea people had. You want to buy, you want to take a bite of this laundry, laundry detergent pod? YOLO. Do you want to, you, can, can you handle a spoonful of cinnamon in your mouth? You got to do it because YOLO, right? How about taking that trip that you can't afford that you're going to be Hating yourself because you spent so much money for the next six years, you're going to have to pay for it. You got to do it because YOLO, right? So you only live once became this, this excuse for um, not so smart choices. Listen, if there's something that we learn about human nature in the first three chapters of Scripture, you don't have to go too far. Genesis 1, 2, and 3. You got creation, you get you have the creation of man, and then you have the fall. Right there. One, two, and three. And if there's something that you learn about our nature, is that we live between two realms. We live between the realm of the flesh and the realm of the spirit. One is lower, and the other one is higher. St. Augustine called it the two cities: the city of God. And the lowly city. And we live between these two. Every single one of us. Practically and psychologically, you have the realm of God calling you to live by virtue. Calling you to honor, to love, to to live by God's power, to trust. And you have, and to set your mind on higher things. To have your mind set on higher things. Things And then you have the realm of the flesh, calling you to live by the cravings and the pleasures of the flesh. To live by your animalistic instinct, by, by the instincts that say take, eat, lust, consume. 
And God operates in the higher realm. He operates in the, in the, in the higher realm, calling us higher. The enemy of our souls, he operates in the lower realm, enticing us to live disconnected and severed from the life of God. And wisdom, wisdom is the mechanism, the inspiration, the judgment, the presence of mind, and the motivation that leads us toward the higher realm, that, that in turn leads us toward the higher self. Now, I know higher self can be a language that, you know, sounds a little bit new agey, but I'm not going to let them take it. I'm claiming higher self. There's a higher self for you. There's a higher self that exists of your person that is, exists in the higher realm. It's been there the whole time. There's a higher self that exists in Christ. A higher self that is yours. The problem is that too many people try, try to find this higher self within. They tried to find the higher self in the lower realm, in the lowly city. It's not there. You won't find it there. Tell somebody, it's not there. It's not there. You won't find it there. And that's what the story of Genesis, the serpent, in the story of Genesis, the serpent tells Eve, if you respond to your craving right now, this desire that you have to eat of the fruit, if you respond to it and you follow your lower realm lust for the fruit, you will find your higher self. Remember? Serpent said, you will be like God. You will, you will reach. You will become greater. Eve's desire, the, the temptation for Eve was to be like God, meaning she wanted to find the higher self. She wanted to become better. She wanted to, to become a greater Eve, a better Eve. So did Adam. He wanted to become a greater Adam. And so the enemy said, hey, it's in your lower self. Just follow your cravings and you will get there. Lies. Lies. And that exchange gets repeated again and again and again with every person who wants to go to that higher life. Every person who desires to get better, to, to increase, to, to find their life. But they're searching in the lower realm. They're searching in the lowly city. They look within. But remember, it's not there. It's in God. Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25. Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What is Jesus saying? Finding your higher self comes at the cost of denying yourself and losing your life. Sounds like a paradox. It sounds like the counterintuitive, the opposite. But what Jesus is saying is that your lower nature, the nature that wants to take, to eat, to lust, to consume, to see everything and every element of life as an item of consumption for your own pleasures, that part of you needs to splat, die. 
Sometimes we confuse being loving with, with being nice, right? And everyone here understands the difference because everyone here who has loved someone deeply, whether it be a family member or somebody you fall, you fall in love with, whether, whether it's a child that you're raising, if you love that person deeply, you know that that love doesn't always cause you to be nice. Sometimes that love pushes you to be tough. Sometimes you need to speak the truth, even though you do it in love. If you're a parent, sometimes you need to correct. Sometimes your correction makes your child angry. They don't like it. They protest. They don't see it as love in the moment, but it is love. Because loving doesn't mean you always be nice. You're always nice. And that's true of God toward us. See, there's no greater love for you than the love of your heavenly Father. And that's why, because He loves you so much, so much, that when it comes to sin, the thing that can destroy you, the thing that keeps you tied to the lower self, to the lowly city, the thing that keeps you, keeps you uh, 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 restricted from reaching the higher self, God is clear about it. That part of you needs to die. It needs to die. And that is the wise approach. That's wisdom. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and 25 say this. This is the words of Jesus. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like what? A wise man or a wise woman who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. So why be wise? Why choose wisdom? Because it is foolish to build a life, to build your house, put the nice window treatments, make the color nice, curb appeal, make it beautiful, thinking that you will never go through storms, thinking that there will never have anything that will come to threaten your lovely building. Certainly, you will have difficulties. Certainly, you will have circumstances that will come to shake the structures and the substructures of what you've built. And it is wise. Wisdom is what we need because it is wise to build your house on what? On what? The rock. Wisdom is the thing that leads us to paths that sustain what we're building by God's grace. Wisdom is that thing. And this should make you think. This should make you think about your greatest or maybe latest regrets. If you go back and you think about your regret, man, I shouldn't have done that. Man, I, that, that wasn't good. That set me back. How many of those regrets could have been avoided if you had applied wisdom. How many of those regrets are present in your life because there was lack of wisdom in that moment? See, when we think of wisdom detached from any practical sense, 
we think of wisdom probably as something unattractive. Because if I think of wisdom, just the word wisdom, what's the picture that you paint? Like I paint some, some, some old college professor with a tweed jacket, little little patch on the, on the elbows, maybe smoking a pipe in a room full of mahogany and books, leather-bound books, drinking tea at 10.30 in the morning, talking about important, lofty things with an air of superiority, right? When we think of wisdom, there's a picture of, of, of a high life somehow. Because wisdom, apart from these practical elements, is unattractive. We can confuse wisdom with education. It has nothing to do with education. We can confuse wisdom with class, whether it be societal class or financial, socioeconomic class, as if wisdom were something lofty. See, wisdom is not about education. You might think, That to be wise, you know, you got to live a certain place. Or, oh, somebody, you have a Harvard degree. Mm, that person must be wise. Or you live on North Street in Greenwich. <laughs> that person must be wise. Not necessarily. You can have the big degree and not be wise. Because wisdom is practical. We, when we get practical with it, when we look at the moments in our past and decisions that we've had, wisdom is what makes the difference between success and regret. In every, in every, in every uh, spectrum of life. That's when we understand the true value of wisdom because wisdom is highly practical. Listen to what Jesus said. He was talking about how he and John were judged by the people. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, uh, chapter, sorry, Matthew chapter 11, verse 18 and 19. For John came neither eating or drinking, and they said, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they said, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. What is Jesus saying? They were judging Jesus' behavior, and, 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 and they were judging based on their pedigree. Right? These are the people, they are the Pharisees, they're educated, they have the big degree. They're like, oh, judging John the Baptist, saying he was... Uh, what is it that they said? He has a demon. And Jesus, who wait, oh, he has a glutton and a drunkard. But what is Jesus saying? Wisdom is not justified by what group you're a part of. Just because you're part of the religious sect doesn't mean that you're wise. Just because you, you carry the title doesn't mean you're wise. Just because you live in a certain place doesn't mean you're wise. Just because you, you have a certain position at work doesn't mean you're wise. Just because you went to a certain school doesn't mean you're wise. Because wisdom is practical. Wisdom is justified by what? By the deeds. By decisions. By what you do. In other words, wisdom can't be faked. The proof is in the pudding. You will see it. It's self-evident of the consequence. You can tell 
by the consequence if you are wise or not. And wisdom is available to all. Every person can be wise. Maybe you have a high school degree and you, and you work a trade, you can be wise. Maybe you're still in high school, you can be wise. We teach our children who are in third grade and fifth grade to be wise. Going to sixth grade now. To be wise. They can be wise at their age. In fact, one of the things that we teach them is this. To learn from your mistakes means you're smart, you're intelligent. But to be wise, you learn from somebody else's mistake. You don't go down their path. So you see their regret. You see what they've done that has caused them harm. Don't go down that path. That's wisdom. We are wise. And if we are wise, we will reap the benefits of wisdom. But if we're not wise, it's going to be right there. We're going to deal with the consequences of that decision and that action. Because wisdom is practical. Wisdom is not theoretical. Wisdom is practical. So what is wisdom in essence? Wisdom is the knowledge, the motivation, and the intention that we receive from God to make decisions that lead us toward growing and developing the higher self. Connecting to God. Remember, the higher self is that self that's not found in you, but it's found in Christ. It's in Him that we find. The self that He has designed for you. God has a plan for your life. Did you know that? That God has a plan for your life. And God designed you to live a certain way. And that life, that personality, that temperament, that person that is patient, kind, loving, strong, driven, confident, that person is in God. And you can find yourself in God through the process of sanctification and becoming Christ-like. See, wisdom is not just stored knowledge. Wisdom is not lecturing people about complex ideas and thoughts. Wisdom is about action, decision-making, choices. And it's the proof. The proof of the presence of wisdom is empirical, not theoretical. It means it can be observed. It's evident. It's self-evident. So I want to share three things that I want to highlight about God and wisdom. Very simple for you. That we draw from Proverbs 2. Because after all, this is a study of the book of Proverbs, right? I'm just giving you context surrounding Proverbs. First one, very simply, is this. If you're taking notes. God gives wisdom. God gives wisdom. Chapter 2 of Proverbs says this. Verse 1. My son... If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you can call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you'll find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives what? Wisdom. The Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and come understanding. Wisdom is not only from God, wisdom is about God. That's why I told you in the beginning that you are wise for being here. Because wisdom comes from the Lord. And what Proverbs is saying here is that if you look for wisdom as if it was the most precious thing on earth, 
the most precious thing that you can find, as valuable as gold, as valuable as silver. If you search for wisdom diligently, what you will find in the end of that search is God. It'll lead you to God. And isn't that funny that that's how many of you, probably all of you, all of us, ended up here. You were searching for something. Either you're trying to better yourself or you went through a season in your life or you needed healing or there was something that happened that you didn't have answers for and you were looking for answers. You wanted a solution. You wanted something for your life that would transform the situation you were in. What were you looking for? Maybe you didn't word it this way, but you wanted wisdom. You wanted the knowledge, the revelation, the insight. You wanted wisdom. And where did you end up? In the house of God. You wanted wisdom. You came to God. Your heart began to open and your mind opened. Maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should go to church. Maybe transformation and renewal and healing is there. That's what happened in my life. And that's what's happening in your life. See, my grandfather, he was very wise because as, as, as an 18-year-old guy, in the 1940s, he came to Christ in search of the same kind of wisdom that you're searching. And that had a generational ripple effect in my family that changed my family's life. My mom and dad are here. They were impacted by that. And now we're here, me and my wife, and how my kids. It's all because of that one decision that my grandfather made to seek wisdom. And it changed our lives. See, God gives wisdom, and it's not only for you. It's for your children and your children's children as well. And some of you walk through these doors to look for a better life. Maybe you, you, you answer to our invitation to start your week better. And so you're here. When you do that, when you search for wisdom, whether you, you come to God's presence, God enters your perspective perhaps for the first time, and it changes the way you see things. Because wisdom is a feature of the higher realm. Wisdom comes from the Lord. So to grow in wisdom means you grow in God. And practically, this is what it means. It means that something comes to your attention, and you have a choice to make. And instead of going through your fleshly instinct, instead of, of, of drawing from the low self or the lowly city, Instead of going and, and, and reacting in selfish ambition or in greed, instead of making the decision based on lust or consumption, the motivations of the lower realm, you present your life and your choice before God. And you say, God, guide me. Christ, help me lead and make this decision according to your will. You die to self, as Jesus said. And you ask, God, show me the way. Give me peace. Give me your will, and you do it trustingly. God gives wisdom to anyone who asks. James writes this, James verse, verse, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously with, with, and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he, the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven by and tossed by the wind. God gives wisdom. Number two is this. God honors wisdom. So when you seek wisdom, 
and you are diligent in seeking wisdom, and you do your best to make wise choices, God will honor and he will guard you for it. Uh, verse 7 of chapter 2 of Proverbs says this, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. <clears throat> Understanding will guard you. The first observation we see that here is that God honors you because of your conduct. Sure, His grace forgives you, but He honors you because of your conduct. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. Not just anyone. And it is wise to walk with integrity. He's, a shield to ev he's not a shield to everybody because he's nice. He's a shield to those who walk, walks in with integrity, even though he loves all of us. He stores up wisdom for the upright. Not for the evil. Not for those who are crooked. When you do the right thing, even though it would have been easy for you to not do the right thing. When you remain faithful when others quit. When you give while others want to take. When you commit to the truth and you don't lie. God honors that. And God will honor you. He will not forget what you sacrifice. And the last thing that I want to tell you about is that God not only honors. He gives wisdom. He honors wisdom. And God rewards wisdom. God will reward you when you seek wisdom. Listen to verse 20, 21, and 22 on chapter 2 of Proverbs. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off the land from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out from it. Every wise action you make, every good decision you make, has its rewards. Sure, you might have, you might have to sacrifice for a reason, for a season. And, and there might be a season of pressing. But if you remain faithful, it might not be easy, but it will be rewarding. God does not forsake your wise choices. He will, he will do the supernatural thing when you maintain your determination to do the right thing, even though it's not easy. And I've seen it in my life. I remember when I was a teenager, just a young buck. And the opportunity to date girls presented itself to me. I wasn't the best looking, but I wasn't the worst looking. I wasn't the, I wasn't the wealthiest, but I wasn't the, the least uh, person with, resource, with least resources. And we were in, a, in an environment where, you know, there was opportunities. And so the low self, I'm sure every young man here has experienced this. The low self uh, in my life, the voice of the lower self would say, take advantage of that. You know, take advantage of your youth, your height. I'm just going to wait for the laugh on that one. <laughs> They're like, who cares that you're tall, man? Your family status? Date as many people as you can. 
Take pleasure in it. But the higher self said, wait on the Lord. Make the right choice. Reserve yourself and reserve the physical part of the relationship for marriage. Get to know the person. Pray about it. Offer it to God. And I knew you know, that I needed to focus on God. So I committed to the higher self. I was like, I'm going to take this path in my life. And it wasn't easy, but I didn't do it on my strength. Then I met Alini. Oh. I was 18 years old when we, well, we actually met when we were kids at my dad's church, but um, I was 18 years old coming to a, 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 a spring break camp in, uh, in Connecticut, and I was going to minister at, at this church, and uh, guess who was working the doors when I walked in, greeting people? There was Alini. And so we became friends, and... Um, and something in me said, she's it. She's it. And, and now I, I must confess that uh, she possessed and continues to possess many of the features that my lower self would say, go for it. <laughs> Prized. Uh, but I wanted the, the relationship, we wanted the relationship to be built on the rock, not on the sand. We wanted our relationship to be built on wisdom. So we committed to the higher self. And we've been married for 20 years. And because of, yes, because of that season, a short season that we were dating, comparatively short season that we were dating, because we chose to be wise in that season, we're reaping the benefits. We're reaping the rewards of focusing on the right thing and progressing in the relationship the right way. See, we have so many issues in our society that we deal with just because people don't do things in the proper order. And I can tell you here, for those of you who, you know, are single and ready to mingle, about our experience, right, that we, we connected emotionally first and we, we, we didn't, we didn't do the way, we didn't date the way the world dates. And you may think, oh, JD, 2020, buddy, 2022, right? Come on, give me a break. But for everybody, everybody with kids, everybody with daughters specifically, the higher way is the way you're going to teach. That's the way you want them to make decisions. That's the way you want your sons to make decisions. So my point is this, wisdom doesn't always go according to the way of the world. There's a lot of foolishness in the world, and you might stand alone by yourself for a season. But when you stand alone by yourself for a season, God will make you into an example for those who are around you to be inspired so that you can live in a way that people say, I want to live like that. I want to live like her. I want to live like him. I want to lead a life. And they will come and ask you, like, how did you get to the place where you got to? And you can tell them, because of wisdom. How'd you get your wisdom? Wisdom comes from the Lord. Wisdom comes from God. God gives wisdom. God honors wisdom. And God rewards 
wisdom. Let me encourage you to continue to pursue the things of God. Continue to pursue the higher self. And if you do that, God will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Awesome. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.